like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's the new year and I'm thinking thoughts about the future. Oh my gosh. I, I, I remember thinking 1980 was a long ways away and we just hit <laughs> 2020. So uh, I'm starting to feel old, but I'm starting to think we're living in the future and it's really not what I was expecting. Um, so what are your thoughts? Well, it's funny. I was just thinking about the other day because I've been um, doing a bedtime story with with my kids, and one of the books is from um, written from a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago. And in the book, the author is envisioning what life will be for children in the future, <laughs> and it's really cool because here we are actually living in the future. Um, and I remember this is a book. Um, uh, called the story of the amulet that I read when I was a kid. Of course, way back in the seventies. <laughs> that that one, once once a future. But I remember one part of this book from all those years ago is that her vision of the future had a future where children played in rooms in the house where there were not fireplaces to burn them. Uh, well, because in her day, in say nineteen o five. I guess there were thousands of children who were burned to death or seriously injured every year just in England from um, you know, every nursery, every room where kids played, rich or poor, they all had fireplaces. Yeah. And there was, there was a lot of burning to death and, and scalding and accidents. And I thought, wow, just, I mean, we still we have a fireplace in our house, but it's not a thing that keeps us warm every day. And I thought, wow, what an interesting thing to put in the book that she's envisioning a time when there won't be fireplaces. Wow. Yeah. And the kids in the book, you know, the kids that are fictional from 1905 are thinking, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Some good things have happened. The future is, on the whole, a lot safer for kids. Um, we actually have to teach them now how to strike a match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the future we're living in compared to any other time in human history, it's never been safer to be a child. I mean, just making it through birth and things like that um compared to a hundred years ago are oh the, the, yeah i mean so it's the, we're living in more a pretty kids good are making it to to older childhood and and, yeah. and beyond yeah. babyhood and and young young child diseases but you know it's fascinating to be able to look back and realize that 
um, yeah, some of her predictions came true. One of the things that she had, they are time traveling in the book. So one of the things that when they time traveled into the future was that she had, they were startled that both men and women were caring for children and babies. And this was startling, you know, so she had uh-huh. to dream up these things that, oh, what would the future look like when she's sending her time traveling characters into the future? And I thought, yeah, you got that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not quite completely as on balance as in her view, but a hundred some years ago. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're moving towards that direction. That's pretty cool. So what, do you remember anything you, when you thought about the future, when you were, when you were a kid, Do you remember anything you imagined what the future would be like or what your future would be like? And how's that? Well, the one particular thing I was amazed by, this is growing up in the 70s, was our local science museum in Ohio. Um, It had a display about the future. And one of the things they had was a telephone where you could see people that you were talking to with a little video screen. (laughs) My brother and I were amazed by that. And of course, that one certainly has has appeared. Yeah, Yeah, we've got that one. I remember in, it was either fifth or sixth grade, I had a teacher and and he i mean he'd bring in sciencey stuff just things that were in the news and everything and he he talked a couple times about how how someday soon uh we would have have flat flat screen tvs and and i mean i think he was brought in like a popular mechanics a magazine article or something and this was back in the late 70s and he was probably 20 years off but that that finally happened but I, the thing i always wanted i, I watched the you know the uh, the jetsons cartoons and i always wanted my flying car and i'm i'm still waiting on that but you know what are you going to yeah. do yeah but they're working on it i mean wait uber's, a little bit longer uber's uber's <laughs> actually working on that so you know maybe within my lifetime maybe i'll live to see it but i think the thing with with thinking about the future is you have to question where you are now in order to see a different future so, you know, whether you're talking about flying cars and all these wonders like that, or talking about changes that happen over 100 years, you have to notice, you have to be observant about what's happening now to think about what change could be. You know, when this author's talking about, well, men can take care of children too, this was kind of a revolutionary thought, a, a radical idea that was shaking up her present. So what sort of things do we need to shake up about our present? And what sort of things about looking at the past and and past predictions of what a better future could be can help us take care of kids better now? Um, Because I was thinking about the fireplace one. Well, yeah, you mentioned life is safer now for a lot of different reasons, and now we're getting into the trouble of being overly safe. Yeah. You know, I give I give talks about safety second and how okay, we don't want to have our kids um burning to death in the in their playrooms, but at the same time we want to have them have some responsibility for keeping their own bodies from injury. So can we can we find a way that's that's going to um you know, still have it have us have enough risk in our lives to make um to make kids human and, and resilient and aware yeah. and, yeah, and able along, to function along those those lines i think about the future and i i think about the the fact there are there are children young children today who are growing up without any idea of what what real privacy is like i mean they are in 
They're in cribs where there's a video monitor watching them from in. <laughs> And then they go to a preschool program where there's a video camera watching them so the parents can check in on the app at home. And when they're out in public, there are telephone poles and light poles and stuff that have video cameras on them. And so they're, they're just about constantly being recorded. And, and their own phone swipes everything that they do with the phone. Yeah, yeah. Every, every place they go, every website they visit, everything they do is, is logged there. And that, that's kind of a real dystopian kind of feeling for me it it kind of chomps at our our freedom and independence that that i would like us humans to have that's that's a great point and i think one of the things that's marvelous is the power of generations you know we don't just keep us older folks around for no reason we uh, different generations can add insight to the present at all times so for kids who are growing up with all those security cameras and baby monitors on them who haven't ever experienced real privacy, um, you know, we need to be giving that insight that, hey, it could be done a different way um, because otherwise they, they will grow up not knowing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things, things as simple as, well, I don't know if it's simple anymore, nav- navigating the world. I mean, getting from point A to point B Everybody under the age of, I don't know, 15 now has never lived in a world where GPS wasn't a thing and always at your fingertips on multiple devices. And so simple things like like reading a map and being able to get not only across town but across the country is is something that in the future is going to be difficult when the GPS stops working. Those kind of things. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you get me thinking about the future, and now I'm scared, Heather. Well, I think it's important to think about the past as well as the future, because the past can help us realize in some ways how far we've come and how marvelous that is. But in other ways, the past can show us, you know what? There were some good things that kids and families and teachers and caregivers did in the past. Maybe we should try that. So, you know, stretch across the generations. Look at, I, I, I like doing it through reading old books because then you get these marvelous insights of, oh, wow, they did that back then? Or, oh, they thought this would be important because in a few years, those will be our thoughts. So what kind of future and present do we want to be striving for? You know, what, wh- where is our future going right now with our kids and, and where do we want it to be going? That's, that, those, are, those are big things to think about. But I mean, I, I think those, those conversations are, I mean, those are good things for us to think about as individuals, but I think those are conversations to have with the little people in our lives as well. Get recording, capturing what their visions of the future are. Um, and even, even the process for, for kids of taking themselves out of the present and transporting themselves uh, a decade or two into the future is, is kind of a, a, a cognitive leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, kids love to talk about time travel, too. So you can always start, start there and see, see what they'll come up with. But I think that we need to um, – it's easy to get stuck in our daily treadmill. Yeah. So – can you step off it for a moment and think, okay, where am I really going? And is this the right direction for our family, for our culture? Because yeah. um, all the surveillance and the hovering and the helicoptering and, and all that sort of stuff and uh, overscheduling, 
are our kids getting what they need? And we can't predict, you know, whether they'll be working for some new flying car company that you're going to dream up. We don't know what to prepare them for except to be good folks with creative minds and, and active bodies and all those good things. So can we get them ready just for being human, whatever the future will be? And what tools do they need to do that? Absolutely. Getting back to some of the past basics. So, yeah. I, I, I've been, I, we'll wrap this one up in a minute, Heather, but I, I just realized I've been, tra- I've been time traveling lately. Um, I found on my Amazon Prime video, you know, the web video things you can watch, I found the, 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 the television show, What's My Line from 1955? So they got this panelist. Of, I mean, people are, you got to be old to remember this, but um, you got this group of panelists and they have somebody come on and they, they got to just ask questions and try to guess what this person person does for a living. Okay, so that's, that's kind of time travel going back to 55 and watching the, the dress and the jobs people had and all that kind of stuff. But the show is sponsored by Remington Rand back in the day and this company at the time was making things like the Remington electric shaver but they also made Univac computers and and so the, those commercials are still in the show and and they're they're talking about this computer the size of a room with with multiple people running it that could do something it was either 1800 or 18,000 calculations a second and compared to that what your what your modern cell phone does is is just bewildering about how far we've come, and I, and I just realized that that I've been I've been spending a little bit of time every evening, going back to 1955. But yeah, taking those trips are, are, are valuable valuable little adventures we can have. Yeah, so so uh, pluck out the good stuff from the past, and envision the good stuff in the future, and you know we'll get to some of it. And hey, people, you know what we're gonna have in your future? More Renegade Rules podcasts because you're gonna you're gonna pull out your earbuds now and and uh, come back in a week and we're gonna be back here with you, Heather. Have, you have anything else to wrap this one up? Well, the future will tell. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we'll be back soon with another episode. You can find Heather at heathershoemaker.com. You can find me at, uh, go to playvolutionhq.com. We're kind of creating and curating early learning content over there. Have a great week. Share the show with a friend if you like it. Bye-bye. Bye. And we are clear. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy... Whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.